Hello, and welcome to the Weekly Watch podcast series. I'm John Briggs, Global Head of Desk Strategy. This series helps you cut through the noise of global financial markets with a quick take on the upcoming trends to watch. Hello, everyone. Last week was quite an eventful week with a myriad of central bank meetings, as well as the inauguration of Joe Biden as the 46th president of the United States. Starting with the central banks, last week we talked about how we felt it was very premature for markets to start considering a tapering of quantitative easing in the U.S., And markets backed away with that with the help of Fed speakers, including Fed Chair Powell. Note, a headline event for next week is the January meeting of the Federal Reserve, though we don't expect major fireworks out of that meeting. And if anything, Fed Chair Chair Powell is likely to reiterate that Fed policy will stay easy for a long time. But concerns about central banks tightening or even refraining from easing more was an undercurrent in markets this past week as well. Bank of Canada was not as dovish as hoped. The ECB reiterated flexibility around their purchase programs, but not necessarily committing to use the full envelope, which helped push European bond yields slightly higher. And even some EM central banks like Turkey were on the hawkish side. For the ECB in particular, no way do we see major policy changes, but the lack of additional support, or I should say just ongoing dovishness has impacted markets. This shows just how dependent markets are are for policy support. Those markets also include risk markets, though so far this year, fixed income has seen the brunt of the pressure from concerns of central bank pullbacks. But risk is not only supported by fiscal and monetary policy, it's also supported by an abundance of cash needing to be put to work that's seeking return. We see this in numerous areas, including investment grade and high yield spreads at multi-year tights, and ongoing record highs in U.S. equity markets despite valuation concerns. I share some of those concerns, but I think until one of two things change, it's going to be hard to fight. First, the ongoing positive support from fiscal and monetary policy, which, despite all the recent events, remains in place. And second, the idea that six months from now, vaccinations will have us close to the exit from this pandemic. For the latter, we're paying close attention to both vaccination rates and the efficacy of of current vaccines against new mutations, which thankfully is so far so good. But as long as risk assets can see the end of the tunnel, we think that near-term weakness will be brushed aside. Anything changing the idea that that near that end of the tunnel is further away than hoped or priced in could be problematic. For the former, though, I want to now turn to our special guest, head of G10FX in the U.S., Brian Dangerfield. One of these ongoing policy supports, Brian, is the expectation of more fiscal stimulus from the U.S. Biden announced a $1.9 trillion COVID aid plan this past week. What do you think market consensus is on what gets done and, and what do you think gets done? John, thanks very much for having me. I think the market consensus has really coalesced around the 1.9 trillion number. I think there's an expectation that after Democrats won Senate control, that that gives Biden a real, um, a real mandate to pursue the plan um, as specified. But we think that there's a risk that the plan drifts a little bit lower and maybe takes a little bit longer to get through um, the legislature than the market hopes. So We've penciled in loosely a one to one and a half trillion as a number that we think is realistic in terms of the overall size of the package in the first half of the year. A lot of it's going to depend on legislative strategy. You know, if there's um, like we saw at the end of last year when there was the decision to break the bill up into multiple pieces, if they decide to go through with that strategy, it could mean that the bill ends up being smaller. There's also the risk that if they go through a process called budget reconciliation, that the package could end up being larger. Uh, than even Biden's $2 trillion, though that also brings with it some risks. So there's risks on both sides of that number. Our expectation is that maybe it drifts a little bit lower than Biden's initial pledge. 
but there's also risks on the other side. A lot's going to depend on how uh, Biden tries to navigate his very narrow Senate majority. Okay, so that's the size. Um, but what's the timing here? When will he, we have a better idea of both, you know, when that size starts to move in one direction or the other? And, you know, is there some sort of deadline that, that Biden and Congress need to work towards? Or could this drag on? So this could drag on, but there's a couple of different dates that we'll be watching. The first is the State of the Union, likely early next month. That's an opportunity for Biden to make a high profile pledge to the nation about when he wants to get stimulus done. And so that could provide an opportunity for him to push towards a soft deadline. Um, another soft deadline we'll certainly be watching is the middle of March. Biden and Democrats want an expansion of uh, supplemental unemployment benefits. Um, those benefits, which were extended in the December bill, begin to lapse in mid-March. So the pressure to get something done, especially by mid-March, is going gonna, is, is gonna to get quite high. So those are the two dates that we're watching specifically. Is there a hard deadline for stimulus to get done? Not specifically. Um, so those are the times that we're really watching. From a priority perspective, we know that getting COVID stimulus done, at very least what Biden calls the first step in his stimulus plan, the America Rescue, uh, the America Rescue Plan, we know that that's priority number one. Um, so much so that we think it's going to be a, a, an almost singular focus. That probably means some of the other important um, you know, considerations on how Biden will change the global geopolitical landscape, things like how is he going to uh, respond on the trade side? What are the relationship with China look like, with Europe? Those things probably fall to the back burner a little bit as the administration really pushes as hard as they can to get stimulus done uh, as soon as possible. Okay, thanks, Brian. And uh, just so everybody listening knows, we have more expansive coverage of this on our website and some publications. So please check out our thoughts on Biden's first 100 days. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of The Weekly Watch. Please subscribe to our channel to get future episodes. We also encourage you to explore more of our content on our website and other social media channels.